0: So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. This is Life in Perspective, Episode 8, The Motivation. Let's get it. Yo, welcome to Life in Perspective. And I know y'all, I know. We skipped a week, but you know. We're here. We're not going to dwell in the past. You know, I had something planned and then it wasn't planned. And then before I knew it, it was Thursday again. So, you know, here we are. Here we are. We are back. And I honestly think that I couldn't have an episode last week because there was this journey that I was walking through. As you know, the title of today's episode is The Motivation. And I know you're probably like, what is the motivation, B? Like, what is that? And it's interesting because I started studying First Corinthians 13. And, you know, I feel like we hear a version or we hear a certain passage from that chapter but first of all let me just put you on game the entire chapter is amazing and you should most definitely read it in the passion translation that is one of my favorite translations it gets a little irritating because they don't have any books of the old testament except for psalms and proverbs so if you want to read stories in a passionate way um it, it doesn't exist yet but maybe you know somebody listening who has some pool you know in the bible writing space and maybe they'll let them know that we need the rest of the chapters in the Passion Translation because we are very passionate about reading the word that way. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, guys, I have um over the past maybe week and a half or so been on this journey concerning love. You know, I've, I feel like the Lord kind of chin checked me um, about my responses being in love. He kind of chin checked me just about my life exuding love. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says God is love. And if I am to serve him and follow him and, you know, be a believer that there's no way that I can do anything in life void of love. And I had to recognize that I was living without love. And that's, that's, that's not a really, it's not a way to live. It's essentially like trying to live life without breath. And may sound kind of funny but it's not like I feel like that's how serious it is and I feel like sometimes we don't take it that serious like to have love to embody love to be loved to show love to respond in love is really our responsibility I'm reading first Corinthians 13 and I'm just seeing all these scriptures and the crazy thing is that in the passion translation um they're the like they give titles and when you read certain versions of the bible just to kind of give you context of what that section is about and this one was called love the motivation of our lives to see at the end that it says above all else let love be the beautiful prize for which you run and so when I think about running I always think about you know track and running in the Olympics and how their whole entire goal to run is to win a medal. They're really going after the gold. And, you know, I feel like for us in life to um, pursue love, to pursue a life that embodies love is us going for the gold, right? And when you think about what um, runners put into their training, how their lives are altered overall to win the prize. And I thought about, you know, how have I altered my life to pursue the gold, which is love, right, to pursue a life of love. The interesting thing is that I didn't realize the effects of unforgiveness or the effects of when something hits your heart and it offends you and you hold on to it, how love can't flow through that. And it's very interesting because There's a scripture in this section that talks about how um, God left us with three things, right? He says, there are three things that remain faith, hope, and love, yet love surpassed them all. And so I think about how we live our lives day to day. So the Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. So if I live by faith, but... I, I don't have love. It's all null and void. There's another part of this passage that I'm really encouraging you guys to just read the entire um, chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. But don't just read it. Like sit with it. Um, Like just sit with it and reflect. I think you should sit with it and then kind of see like, man, is this how I live my life? Because I'm not going to lie to you guys. It really checked me. You know, the first there's a first line in a verse that says love is large and incredibly patient and. You know, if we could just start there, I think I was talking to my friend on Instagram live like last week, which is really when God started to like get me together. And um, we were just talking about, he was saying how like he's been studying, reading um, John and how, you know, all of the, you know, the first four gospels talk about, it's essentially the same. So we're reading the same story, just in different, from different perspectives. And he was saying how like John has like this intimate relationship with Jesus. And he was like, man, I genuinely like in studying the life of Christ through the lens of John. John am learning how patient Jesus was. He was like, I feel like... I am like learning patience through studying him. And so then we just started having this conversation about how Jesus, you know, he was a G because he was very patient and not just patient in waiting, but like patient with people. And that comes from love, right? It's like my patience for what you're doing and how much I let you get away with is rooted in how much um, or is rooted in my ability to love you. And so, which means that I can love beyond the version that you're showing me right now because I recognize that it's not who you are right you're acting out of maybe your brokenness so you're acting out of your past pain which is now causing pain but because my life is rooted in love I can love you beyond it I can be patient with your process because I love you and it was just really eye-opening for me because we even talked about you know how Jesus was aware of Judas the entire time. He knew who he was. And he never like nobody could ever have guessed that Judas would have been the one that betrayed Jesus. And I thought that was interesting because even when Jesus says one of you will betray me, all of the disciples are like, is it me, Lord? Will it be me? Will it be me? Which means that Jesus never shifted his love towards Judas even when he recognized who he was. And so what that says to me is that no matter what someone does to me, how they act towards me, how they respond to towards me, it should never change who I am. And I think that that was the amazing example that Jesus gave us. And I know sometimes when you tell that story, you're like, man, Jesus rocked with Judas all the way until he betrayed him. And people will be like, well, I ain't Jesus. Here's the thing. Jesus came to earth as a man to prove that we have within us the ability to live the way that he lived. The difference in most of us and Jesus is the fact that Jesus was 100% submitted to the spirit of God that lived within him. And the fact that he was submitted to the purpose and plan that was on his life inside of him, the spirit could dwell because he was so submitted and he just wanted to live for God. Even in moments where, you know, and I think we talked about this in the episode where we talked about alignment, it's just like Jesus fully understood who he was and why he was here. And I think that's a little thing that kind of differs from us as well is that we're on this journey to discover, right? We're on this journey to discover our purpose. We're on our journey to discover why we were born. And I feel like. Jesus came to earth knowing that. So he was able to focus on it. But I think what we need to recognize is the reason we didn't come to earth knowing is because there is this process in pursuing purpose that we learn and develop a relationship with God. And I think on that journey is when he starts to reveal things bit by bit, because we also have to recognize that I am I cannot do this void of the father. And if God is love, I cannot do this void of love. And I think this is a I think this is a thought in a in a. I feel like this conversation today will, Just give us a paradigm shift in how we live and how we respond, because in first Corinthians 13, like you're reading it and it's telling you like, oh, if you could speak eloquently, if you could, if you had the amount of faith that can move mountains, if you do not have love, it's all null and void. So you can think like, man, I'm really living for God. I'm really doing these things. But your attitude is nasty. It's null and void. And when Jesus comes, you're going to be like, I never knew you depart from me because Jesus and they embody body love and how can we be on this earth and say that we are called according to who he is and not act in love and I'm, I'm talking to my own self y'all my own self you know there was there was a situation that i had where i was like dealing with a person who they essentially like there's just consistent i i would now venture to say miscommunications right but they didn't feel like miscommunications in the moment they always felt like this person is really trying me and um you know me being who i am you know so i'm, I'm from from Chicago. And sometimes, you know, it raises up. It's like, I felt like I needed to let this person know I wasn't the one, you know, I don't know what you think, you know, I don't even know if you recognize what you're doing, but I'm letting you know that I'm not the one. And now that I, you know, can talk about this with you guys, I really fully understand that that was, you know, that was pride, you know, it was ego. And I recognized that it had become a barrier to me living life. And it was y'all was the weirdest thing because I had been in such a weird space that I can't even really articulate for you. But creativity was void. I, I felt like stuck and trapped and not to say that all of that feeling is on this one person right but it was because I was holding in my heart what I felt like they had done to me and I was living through that and I think I always like I've always recognized the effects of unforgiveness I also feel like I'm not a person who has struggled with like forgiving people but I think because this was like it's easy like when somebody does something to you and then they apologize or they don't apologize but then you like take the necessary steps to you know deal with it but then I think when it's like a consistent thing where you feel like somebody is like on your neck and it's just like, nah, like I'm not it. (laughs) And I think I did just didn't realize because I ended up having a much needed conversation with this person. And it was the most freeing thing. Like I did it that morning. And the way that my creativity just started to flow, like throughout the day, like it didn't matter what I was doing. It was like, I was able to come up with ideas like off the top. And then that's when I, I like started to look back and I'm like, yo, because I was, holding on to this it had become like a blockage for living life like literally you know how like your toilet gets stopped up is like that is essentially what offense and unforgiveness does it's like the way that the toilet is supposed to flow it can't be fluid because there's something blocking it and something that didn't belong in the drain is now in there and it's stopping the flow and you know I just want to encourage you like if you are dealing with anybody that has hurt your feelings or you know made you upset or betrayed you or done something that really hurt you, let it go. Let it go. Whether it's you have to journal it and ask God to, you know, just like ask God to help you forgive them, whether it's having a a tough conversation, you know, confrontational conversations are not the greatest things to have, but they are necessary because what you will also come to find out is that that person may or may not have been doing what you think they were doing. You could just be viewing the situation through past hurts and pains. Past trauma is now adding. You have to recognize that when two people show up to have a conversation, they are bringing their entire history to that conversation. And it determines how they perceive it, how they receive it, how they engage. All of that comes to when people bring conversations so what you may have intended you know to just maybe be a joke or maybe just you being your own self and having your own you know unique personality could offend someone and vice versa like I think what helps me when I'm like in my feelings about something that somebody did is I try to put myself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from and then I always think like my pastor always talks about think the highest thought right so if I always think the highest thought then I always believe the best about someone so even if it's like oh did they just try me the highest thought would be like no they wouldn't do that now also it doesn't mean be naive right it doesn't mean be stupid it doesn't mean if somebody keeps hitting you in the face you don't want to keep believing that they love you like it's time to you know (laughs) it's time to get out of that situation but I think thinking the highest thought is not always being negative right not always thinking that somebody is out to get you not always being the victim it's embracing the fact that man this person really could not be intentionally trying to hurt me. And I think when you're open and you think the highest thought, the highest thought is found in love because you think about how God sees us. It's like he sees us through the finished work of Jesus. He doesn't see us in how we're making mistakes from the day to day, right? He doesn't see us through our mistakes. He sees us the way that he created us, the highest version possible of ourselves. And I think when we begin to see people that way, we can flow from a place of love. So guys, back to 1 Corinthians 13, right? We are having a whole Bible study on this episode of Life in Perspective because honestly, this chapter in this Bible, this scripture, this 1 Corinthians 13 has definitely put my life in perspective. You know, there are so many things that are in here that we can unpack, that we can apply to our life. And I think, here's the thing, here's, here's the thing. It says, love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. And... First of all, it first made me think about God, right? It made me think about the way that He loves us as a father. And there's this song that I really, really love, right? We're talking about love, but there's a song I really love. And it's called Your Love. Like it goes, Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. And I was thinking like, yo, that song is actually very scriptural. It's very biblical, (laughs) but it's really amazing because that is true. It's like, man, no matter what I do, no matter how bad I mess up, no matter how many times I walk away, his love never fails me and it never runs out. It never gives up on me. And here's the thing. I think we cannot completely fathom or understand how to correctly love people and how to pursue a life that is embodied with love if we don't understand the love of the father right so i love how the scripture breaks down what love is but it's using the characteristics of who god is and then also telling us that we can now possess that those same characteristics we can now live life through that and so i really 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 am encouraging you guys to just sit with this scripture sit with the entire chapter 1 Corinthians 13 and let it minister to you let it correct you. You know, let it um, inspire you. Let it motivate you because we are on this pursuit above purpose, right? Above the calling on our lives. We are on a pursuit to live a life through love. I want to walk the way that Jesus walks. And I recognize that even his ministry was rooted in love, right? His entire purpose. He came to die for us. That is the greatest symbol of love. That is the greatest act of love is sacrifice. But if I don't, fully understand or embrace the way that God loves me and I cannot give that to others and so it really 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 got me together because it's like man I can say that I'm doing all these things for God right on his behalf but if I'm not embodying love man it doesn't mean anything and it was just so it was so like man this really 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 like The very first verse talks about how, like, if I could speak, you know, eloquently, if I could speak in the most heavenly of tongues but i didn't express myself with love it says my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a cling, more than a clanging symbol and when i think about how annoying symbols are it just feels like noise and then hollow sound of nothing is i feel like very 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 offensive it's like you just said a lot right you used big words you know you spoke in all of the churchy language, as best as you could. And then here's what God is saying. Here's what, here's what this, here's what this text is saying. That you could do all of that and did not mean a thing because you didn't express it with love and I think about even how like I feel like I used to be one of these people I'm not this person anymore but like people who like oh I keep it real you know I'm gonna tell you what it is like I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna keep it real I'm gonna tell you how it is you know I'm, I'm not gonna hold nothing back from you and I feel like those people are ineffective because it's not rooted in love it, it's not rooted in love I feel like people like that are trying to prove a point right they're also trying to make themselves feel better about certain things and it's just like you can correct someone and still love them you can correct someone you can be honest with someone and it still be rooted in love and I think that also deciphers whether or not they receive it I think oftentimes people don't want to hear the truth whether it's rooted in love or not but I think that it is if it's laced in love it's the love that works on their heart that usually sends them back or usually allows them the opportunity to receive it because it was laced in love and so I just want to challenge us all this week. You know, from this Thursday until we meet again next Thursday, I am challenging you to just walk in love, whatever that looks like. We're gonna have a love walk challenge, okay? I'm going to like, but let's just you know, I haven't really been on social media, but we can do it for this, right? So I want to start a love walk challenge, and whether you're listening to this the same week as us or you listen to it after, like I want us to embrace love, right? So share whether it's a picture or. Um, a video or just a moment on your story where you share a moment where you could have chosen not to walk in love, but because you are working on it and you are pursuing a life that embodies love that you say, Ooh, here's my love walk. So it's the love walk challenge. And I want to know, even if your love walk has been challenged, like let's share that too, right? We're going to be open. We're going to talk about a moment where it's like, Ooh, I could have walked in love a little bit better. (laughs) I could have embodied who God is on the inside of me a little bit better. Whether it's you walked in a store and you didn't hold the door open for the person behind you like from the simplest thing to the highest thing like I'm challenging us all to pursue a life that embodies love because I don't want to live life and be doing all these things for God but my life is not love and so just so you you know just in case you need a little help on what perfect love looks like mm -hmm. so just in case you're like okay Brenda what does that look like okay here's love love is large and incredibly patient Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. Hmm? It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shame. Shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. Mm. I think that is enough in itself to challenge us I think I got challenged right around the part where it says love is not easily irritated okay I don't feel like I take offense fast but I do get irritated really quickly it's just like uh, you are irritating me and it's like now when I say that I'm going to challenge myself because love is not easily irritated love doesn't take offense easily and there's another version of this that says love keeps no record of wrongs which means you are easily forgiven because you know sometimes here's what that looks like for those of us who struggle in understand like takes no record of wrongs when somebody does something to you and they continue to do something to you you don't be like yeah because last time you know I remember five years ago when you did so-and-so so-and-so and and this is how it makes me feel because here's a reality love can't flow through that because it's unforgiveness you're holding someone to the last moment that you experienced them not giving them the benefit of the doubt that they are on a journey as well pursuing to be like Christ and pursuing a life that embodies love. And so I just want to challenge us to challenge ourselves. Like before we, you know, there's a scripture that talks about before you take the plank out of one person's eye, take it out your own, right? And so just a sense of like, let's, let's, this week is like self-reflection, right? Let's reflect on how we have not walked in love and let's challenge ourselves to turn those things around, right? Let's challenge ourselves to walk in love. Let's, let's just, let's just do better. Let's do better. All of us, let love be your Motivation, you know. Our quote today. I'm gonna to read it again. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. And we talked about we compared it to um, a, a runner or a professional runner who's going for the gold. But we think about how they have to alter their life before they get to the moment of the race, right? So before we step into this race of life, let's alter our lives, right? Whether it's when you think about an athlete, they have to change their diet. They have to change their morning routines. There are things in their life that have to shift so that they can obtain what they are pursuing. And so I am challenging us to do that this week, right? Let's sh- make shifts in our lives that cultivate, um, that cultivate a space for us to walk in love, right? That cultivate a, a place where our response can always be a reflection of who God is, which means that it would reflect love. And so I'm going to even challenge myself, y'all, because Sometimes I could be the pop off queen. Like, I just got to let you know that it's not that and that's not love. And I am promise you I'm on a mission to be as much like Christ so that even when people see me, they don't recognize me because I look so much like him. And that starts with love. And so I pray, guys, that today something was said that helped to put your love life in perspective. I cannot wait to be right back here with you next week. I love you. And as always, I'm praying for you. This is Life in Perspective. (laughs) We out.